Welcome to the Wealth Navigation Podcast with Scott Showers from Focus Financial Group and Ryan Newton from Front Porch Financial Planning. In this podcast, Scott and Ryan focus on helping people identify their values and align those values with their most important goals, which financial planning is built on. Together, they draw from years of expertise and guest experts to explore underutilized financial planning tools and techniques in a new light. Now onto the show. Hello, and welcome to the Wealth Navigation Podcast with your hosts, Ryan Newton and Scott Showers. I'm Wendy McConnell. Hi, guys. How are you feeling today? Great. How are you? Yeah, fantastic. Good. It's the first day of the podcast. Are we excited? Are we nervous? Tell me all the feels. No, I'm I'm looking forward to talking to you and Ryan this morning and everyone else that's going to be listening. Likewise. Well, I'll give a little uh, heads up to everybody. Ryan tends to just wander off on his own sometimes. So if you, you know, they're here a little bit of a pause. We're trying to call him back to to be on the podcast. So uh, are you are you ready for this, Ryan? Yes, Wendy. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so guys, let me let me find out first. What was the, you know, determining factor that made the decision to get into this industry? Let's talk to Ryan first. Well, that's a great question, Wendy. So I graduated uh, from college with a finance degree, computer information systems degree, and then went to UGA for a master's degree, uh, but got it in sports management. (laughs) So my goal out of college was not to be a financial planner. It was to be the general manager of the Atlanta Braves. Ooh, big goals. But they weren't hiring people right out of grad school for that job. Uh, and they wanted, wanted me to volunteer, as a matter of fact. And I didn't really want to volunteer. I had some debt I needed to pay. Uh, so I ended up coming back home to Amelia Island, Fernandina Beach, Florida, and met a financial planner. And he told me all about what he did and the impact that he was you know, making in his clients' lives. And it was very inspirational uh, because, you know, my idea of financial planning was what I learned in school, which was not much as, you know, as far as actual personal financial planning, it was more time value and concepts and, you know, accounting and things like that. So it was, it was brand new and just opened my eyes to, wow, I didn't even know that was a career or a job you know, that you could do, but he just started telling me some stories about clients uh, and ways he was able to impact them. And I thought, well, that'd be a nice way to, you know, I want to say give back because, you know, it's a job we get paid for, but in a way it, it feels like that, right. To be able to lighten the load of people to remove the burden of managing their finances um, and using the expertise, right, that we have, that we've learned over the years to improve our clients' lives. And it sounds a little bit cliche, but but it really, you know, it's about making a difference. It wasn't really initially starting out. I mean, it was a job and it's like, okay, this is going to be great. But as I've, you know, now 20 years into it, some of the stories that I have now that I can tell younger planners, you know, about impacting clients' lives that I've actually experienced uh, has been, I don't know, it's been very motivational and humbling. And also, um, I feel honored to have, you know, had a small impact. 
It's always nice when you can do something to help people and get paid for it. Absolutely. How about you, Scott? How did you get started? Well, we're going to have to go back years because my first exposure to any of this in the investing and and planning world started when I was about, uh, I guess, 12 or 13. And what happened is I had the opportunity to sit at the kitchen table one day with my grandparents and their financial advisor. And my grandparents were dairy farmers in a small rural community where I grew up. And just just listened to what was going on. And my, my grandparents allowed me to sit in, I guess, on probably another half a dozen meetings over the years. So that was kind of my first exposure to to the industry and what was going on. And my grandparents worked really hard. They they saved and, and invested and, and did well. So I, I had a lot of interest. But I, I didn't initially go that direction. I actually, out of, uh, out of high school, I went into the aviation industry uh, as an aviation technician. Wanted to be a pilot, but didn't have the money to, uh, to fund that endeavor. So I thought, well, I'll, I'll just become a technician and fly later. Well, that, that didn't really work out that well. And, and during the 80s, the mid-80s, you couldn't buy a job in the aviation industry and I ended up going back to uh, school and getting my my business degree, and uh, then oh, I would say I was about thirty, thirty or so, and uh, my dad died, and I helped uh, his wife and and their advisor that they had been using uh, kind of process his estate, uh, helped my stepmom through some things, and had that exposure and I didn't realize that that was such a big part of, of what we do in this, in this business. And that advisor actually recruited me and I went to work for a, uh, a regional type firm for a few years. And then I ended up in the independent world where we are now and, and uh, I'm in my 23rd year. So that's how I got here. And how did you guys come together? Like chocolate and peanut butter. <laughs> that's that's kind of an interesting story and and I think we probably each have different perspectives on that but in the independent world uh what you'll see oftentimes is you know the advisors own their their own businesses and I was in the process of trying to do a transition uh an acquisition from another advisor and it just so happened that Ryan worked in that office. He did not work for that advisor. He just was another independent advisor sharing office space. Well, Ryan and I got to talking and uh, we quickly learned that we had very similar philosophies with how we wanted to work with clients. And we both really uh, gravitated towards what we call the, uh, the values-based planning philosophy. And so about a year and a half into that transition situation, uh, it didn't work out. The other advisor and I that I was trying to transition with were butting heads really bad, and we parted ways. But Ryan and I continued to stay in touch over the years. And then about four years ago, he joined our team. I, I actually did a, a, another successful acquisition after that. I've got a team of five people. Ryan needed some support and help, so... He joined the team and uh, our our office staff continued to provide him support. And uh, that that's that's how we kind of got together at this point. So, Ryan, where did Scott get it wrong? 
Uh, he got it right. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how it happened. You know, uh, the the first transaction or uh, merger, I, I didn't know it wasn't going to be successful, but I had a feeling it wasn't going to be successful just because initially talking with Scott, I realized he was a lot like me and I didn't want to venture into that transaction. So, uh, but it wasn't really my place you know, to say anything, obviously, but uh, I'm glad that it didn't work out now looking back. Yeah, um, same here. Yeah, because, you know, sometimes you have to learn, you know, what not to do or uh, experience some things sometimes to get that firsthand perspective. You know, that experience is, is invaluable. And uh, but Scott and I, like he said, we stayed in touch. I've, I've been a one man shop pretty much my entire career so it's hard to do everything that that we do uh for our clients as you know one person mm. so when scott uh, had this successful merger up in michigan uh, i thought that that would be a great opportunity to of course let it play out and see if you know if it worked and it did and thankfully scott and i um, had stayed in touch and and he you know asked me if i would be interested in and kind of joining forces, so to speak, as he had a bunch of clients down here in Florida and needed some help, you know, with that. So it was a win-win as far as I'm concerned. Hopefully Scott feels the same. Absolutely. Uh, so we've been able to, you know, bounce ideas off one another, right? Run strategies by one another, uh, just share ideas, concepts, talk about different techniques, different, you know, tax law changes. It's been a wonderful partnership to have someone to to talk to you know when you're in by yourself all the time uh it can get a little bit lonely and clients can get annoyed if you keep calling them you know just to talk just to chat uh, yeah <laughs> what it's like what well, do you have anything to say well, no i just wanted to see how you were what do you have uh, for lunch right right well sometimes they like that but other times they're like okay <laughs> and i like having somebody else to give a hard time to <laughs> <laughs> great that is true that is true it's it's almost like we're like long lost brothers we we have a good relationship where we can you know rib each other a little bit and, and or a um, lot yeah yeah it just means we care and and the staff that scott was able to uh say acquire but that we have now is just amazing wonderful they do a fantastic job servicing our clients and helping us in so many different ways that it was, it's been a blessing. So I'm a little curious, Ryan, you're in Florida, Scott, you're in Michigan. Um, how often do you guys talk? I mean, you know, it's not like a partnership where you guys show up at the same office every day. Well, we, uh, in, prior to, uh, I guess the last six months or so, we would talk about once or twice a week. We had a couple of scheduled times. We didn't always meet those every week, but, uh, we've done that for the last, uh, four years. And uh, we actually recently conducted another merger uh, down in Ryan's Market in Northeast Florida. So we, we've been in daily contact pretty much for, for over six months because of that merger that's uh, now completed and, and we were in the process with that. And Ryan can tell you what he's having for lunch. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. Today it's a ham sandwich, just in case. Oh, okay. No cheese? Oh, there's cheese. Oh, okay. Um, so who is your ideal client? Who is it that you guys like to work with? 
Well, I jokingly say someone with lots of money and lots of problems Uh, (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, we get paid to solve financial problems, right? And typically the more money you have, then the more financial problems uh, can arise. Obviously, anybody can have problems with their finances, but I would say someone that is uh, a hard worker, they're going to take ownership of their own plan, right? I mean, there's only so much that we can do. I mean, we do a lot, but ultimately we want the clients to be, you know, invested in their own plan, right? So you make the plan, they need to implement the plan. Well, we'll help them. Yes. But they, they need to take ownership of it and, and, and do the implementation and stay on top of it. And that's part of our process as well, monitoring it. And, you know, each year we have several meetings with clients, Uh, but really I don't want to say anyone, but but almost anyone who's willing to be engaged and and understands the value of what we do, right? They're they're more interested in the outcome, right? They want to get the outcome, and they have issues they need solving. So we can help just about anybody. Uh, we also like people that are approaching retirement, or um, you know, just beginning retirement, or in retirement, you know, at some stage course we're there's generally we can help just about everybody in any stage of their life you know whether a lot of times people say well i don't really need you i've got it all covered i've got it all taken care of and when we really start to look at it it's like eh, actually you don't um <laughs> there are some things that you do need to be addressed they're, they're small issues now but they could become rather large issues later right and it doesn't matter until it matters and and then it's too late a lot of times. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. but, you know, I, the reason I say retirement and a lot of advisors will say that, you know, clients that are at or near retirement, um, it's not for the rollover, right? Um, a lot of times it makes sense to leave the money in your plan or it can, right? Depending on what the client's goals are. It's not for that. It's for the fact that it comes your retirement and your whether you're going to be successful really comes down to one binary question at retirement. Is your money going to outlive you or are you going to outlive your money? Right. And we can help clients basically have, you know, retirement income for life in many different ways, right. Depending on what resources they have. Right. So, and the laws, they don't change as far as the tax laws, but the effects of them change when you retire, right? All the tax benefits you were getting while you were accumulating all of a sudden flip. And now when you start distributing the money, well, now you have to pay tax on those distributions, right? If all your money's in a 401k, for example. Mm -hmm. So um, just being able to navigate the complexity of the tax code, not to mention Medicare, and you know all the different lookbacks they have for Medicare premiums and RMDs, required minimum distributions, making sure you get those rules right. What about inherited retirement accounts, which can be very, very tricky and lots of penalties and unnecessary uh, taxes if you don't handle it properly. So it's just a lot for people to deal with, especially as they're going through that major change, you know, in their life, going from working you know, pretty much their entire life to all of a sudden not having to get up and go to work. And then you throw on all these complexities that uh, the tax laws and various rules as far as benefits 
you know, they all come with, it's a lot to take on. It can be overwhelming. So we want to be there to help people with that transition, right? So that we can focus on the technical stuff for them and they can focus on, you know, the emotional side of retiring, right? Making sure that they're the fun part. Yeah. Yeah. And it's even more complex for, for a business owner too. Um, one of the things that I always like to tell people when, just like Ryan had said a few minutes ago, uh, got everything taken care of. Well, I remind everybody that life is dynamic. It's not static and things are always changing in our personal lives and things are always changing in the external environment. And each of those factors influences what's going on in your financial life. And your financial life is more than just your portfolio. It, it encompasses a number of variables and, um, you know, we, we do our best work in, in that space for people. Okay. Well, let's get out of the office a little bit, talk a little bit more about you guys. So Scott, when you're not working, what are you doing? What do you do for fun? What do I do for fun? Well, I like to ride my bicycle. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I, my wife and I like to spend as much time outdoors as we can. Uh, we're quite active and, uh, we, we, uh, we're mountain bikers, um, that type of thing. And, and, um, in my spare time, I, I like to also ride motorcycle. I've done several long cross country trips with, uh, with a good friend of mine out of Minneapolis, who's also an advisor and, uh, and with the rest of my time, um, I like to uh, fly my airplane. Oh so, my goodness! Yeah, and and I and I work on it also. Again, I came from that that industry, so I've got the uh, the licensing and the credentials to actually work on it, and it's it's almost like therapy. So, get out there and and have a little fun, work on the airplane, go fly it, enjoy life. You made all your dreams come true. Well, You're not yet, not yet, but we're You're still working on it. I am, I am. Yeah, it, that's great. It, it actually took me 20 years. I had uh, I had a young flight instructor here a while back because uh, you have to get uh, what's called a biannual flight review every couple of years. And uh, she asked me when I initially started flying. And I said, well, it was probably before you were born. <laughs> it was 1987. Oh, wow. So it actually took me 19 years. So in, in 96, I finally earned my uh, my private pilot's license. Well, good for you. Yeah, thanks. How about you, Ryan? What do you like to do for fun? <clears throat> Whatever my three and a half year old wants to do. <laughs> yeah, Ryan has this picture of his three and a half year old that just wows everybody when he comes onto a Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. yeah, they tell me to put the picture back up when I turn the camera on. <laughs> yep. <Yeah. laughs> look at him. Once. He is adorable. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. No, uh, he is a lot of fun. You know, obviously at that age, he's very active. Um, He's into golf, which thrills me because I love to play golf. I was a baseball player all through, uh, you know, my youth and uh, was lucky enough to play college baseball. I was not good enough to go on beyond that. And I had a couple injuries. And of course, if you can't play baseball anymore, you'd go play golf. And so uh, (laughs) or you teach baseball, right? (laughs) Yeah, that that too, which I imagine I'll be doing here uh, shortly. Um. But yeah, so I I love to play golf. I just it's fun for me to be outside, right? To 
take a few hours and not think about anything other than just this little white ball and how silly it is that we're chasing it around. Uh, but it's fun, you know, to, for camaraderie with my friends and some of my best friends are, you know, my golfing buddies. Yeah. Uh, I love to do that. I love to go to the beach. You know, we live on Amelia Island. We're blessed to be near the beach. So we try to go to the beach as much as possible. Um, my little boy likes it, teaching him how to swim and all that. So getting him used to that. We got him a surfboard. So he's got to learn how to swim first, but then we'll we'll get him on a surfboard. So I do like to surf. I'm not very good, uh, but it's <laughs> a good workout. Yeah. Um, let's see. My wife... And I love sports. Uh, that's one reason we, I think, hit it off so well. Our first date was at a baseball game, so we we like to do that. We'll go to the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp uh, minor league baseball games. That's a lot of fun. Uh, we've got great restaurants around here, so we go out to eat. You know, uh, that's our date night is we'll go try one of these new restaurants or one we haven't been to or uh, things like that. So just family time, you know, uh, my parents live close by, my in-laws live close by. So we're always having a cookout with them or, you know, playing golf together or going to the beach together or going for bike rides together and together things like that. Yeah. It's, it's great. It really, I was a little, uh, cautious about moving so close, uh, to <laughs> them, but that was before I had a child. And now that we have the boy, it's, uh, wow. What a blessing. Come in handy, right? <laughs> Definitely. Uh, and they're good about not popping in, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, they call ahead of time. So that was our one rule. If we move close, you got to call That's good. Uh, before you come over. But anyway, set that ahead of time for sure. Yeah. That was our only rule. Uh, so it's just been wonderful. You know, lots of family time, reading books, you know, we've got a big yard, so I'm constantly working in the yard. My wife likes to garden, so working on the garden, things like that. Got it. Okay, Scott, tell me one thing that most people don't know about you. One thing that most people don't know about me. Like, have you ever tried to play Evil Knievel? Oh, of course. <laughs> But in real life, like not with like the toys. <laughs> yeah. One of the things that I left out because I don't do it anymore is uh, in my early 20s, I raced motocross bikes. I'd always wanted to have a motorcycle growing up as a kid. And my parents just always said, no, no, they're dangerous. They're dangerous. They are so, dangerous. So the first thing I do when I move out <laughs> to buy a motorcycle. Right. <laughs> so I, I, I raced motorcycles in my early 20s. Okay. Probably most people don't know that. All right. How about you, Ryan? You have anything to share that most people wouldn't know about or. I, I don't. That's a tough question, Wendy, because I'm pretty much an open book. I uh, that about you. Yes. Uh, I don't have anything to hide. Um, I this just I I probably tell people too much. Uh, what you see. Yeah, pretty much. Um, right. I, I guess I don't know. I would say. I do like to play the guitar and I sing. Um, I like one of my favorite things to do is to learn a song on the guitar and try to sing it at the same time. I'm not good. Don't ever ask me to play. Uh, I don't tell people. I, I don't even know why I'm saying it now. I guess it's the only thing I can think of. <laughs> hey, I've, uh, I've known him for several years now and I didn't know that. Oh, see uh, it. There yeah. you go. Sharing. Yeah. I, 
it's not something I like to talk about because somebody will ask me to do it. Well, play me a song. And it's like, oh, gosh, uh, this is going to be bad. But just say yeah. next time, next time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so but it's super fun. Uh, Katie, my wife, says I'm good. But, you know, she has to say that <laughs> contract. Um, <clears throat> but I basically do it to annoy her. And it's just something fun. Um, I love live music. So to be able to play some kind of sort of. It's really it's cool. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. But I don't talk about it, really. <laughs> okay. I'm glad that you kept that uh, really um, in a public forum, not talking about something you didn't want anybody to know. <laughs> you <so>. asked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Scott. So uh, you're going to have a lot of people, you know, paying attention to the podcast. Who is it that you want to be listening? What is it that you want people to get from the podcast? I think the most important thing that, that I want people to get from this is that, and I've mentioned this already is that we, we really um, grasp and grab hold of that values-based planning concept. And that is different than values-based investing that a lot of people are hearing about today. And, and when we say values-based, it's about you. It, it's not about the values that, maybe society is trying to impose upon each and every one of us on a daily basis. The things that we do that we do for our clients are, are driven by what is important to them, what those values are, what their goals are. And that is the foundation for everything we do. And it's always the first conversation we have. The first conversation that we have is never about money, uh, how much they have, how, little they have, whatever the case is, we, we start about, start the conversation talking about what's important to them and what their goals are. Okay. Ryan. So when you're sitting down with someone and you're talking about values based, are you talking about the values of each individual person's uh, lifestyle or are you talking about values based investing? Talking about the person's, um, what their heart's all about, right? What their core is, you know, the things that, uh, they stand for, right? What what drives each individual person or a couple, right? Coupleship, right? What what are their values together? Um, you know, we try to delineate that from the stuff they feel like they ought to do, right? Versus the stuff that, that would be fun to do, right? So like, what do they really stand for? Then what are the things they feel obligated to do and okay. why? And then, you know, what would be the fun stuff to do, right? So, like, why are you investing? What are you investing for? Who are you investing for, right? That try to get as much of the touchy-feely stuff out of the way, not out of the way, but just discover front. Yeah, mm -hmm. discover all of that before we get to the money, right? Because if we know what the client's values are, well, then the recommendations about the money become a lot easier. Right. And there's a, there's a quote from Roy Disney, and I'm not going to get this exactly correct, but it goes something like this. He said, when your values are clear, your decisions become easier. Mm. And, and and that's the kind of clarity that we're trying to bring to the table. Um, because again, it becomes the foundation for everything and it serves as that guidepost for people. So we're exactly. going to talk more about the values-based system that you guys use in the next episode so we can delve into that and all the uh, components of it.
Yeah, yeah. absolutely. For right. sure. And, and I would just like to add that what I think we also pride ourselves on is making people feel like they can tell us their mistakes, you know, that they can be honest, open and honest with us. In other words, they're not going to be judged, right? No, you can all. tell us, we'll even, I'll even share once we get to a certain point, some silly mistakes I've made in the past, you know, some investments I did with my own money because well, we'll get there. Uh, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> no one's perfect, right? I was a trained professional and I still did some silly stuff with my own money, right? Because I didn't, I had the fear of missing out. And, you know, I have behavioral biases just like everybody else. Um, but that's okay, right? That just means you're normal, <laughs> right? So we we want, right? We want people to feel like they can open up. Right. And share their, I don't want to say deepest, darkest secrets, but you know, the, what they're all about, right. Where they are comfortable to where they feel like we're not going to judge them at all. Right. Cause I've, I think everybody needs a good financial plan and everybody deserves one, mm. right. Regardless of what you may or may not have done in the past. Right. Let's, we can't, do anything about that let's all right let's move forward, move forward yeah. right so i think that's you know one thing I, the values-based planning does is is it helps open up the door for clients to to share mm. okay absolutely well this getting to know you session has been a lot of fun i thank you both for being so open and willing to share yourselves and uh, I look forward to spending more time and getting to know you guys better and all about the uh, values-based uh, system that you have. Thanks, Wendy. Thank you, Wendy. It's been a pleasure. Now, if somebody wants to get in touch with you guys, how do they go about doing that? Our website is focusfg.com and Ryan's is frontporchfinancial.com. Frontporchfp.com. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good, guys. And thank you for joining us today. Please like, follow, and share this podcast with your friends. Until next time, I'm Wendy McConnell. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Navigation Podcast. Visit our website at www.wealthnavigationpodcast.com to get in touch with us. And don't forget to click the follow button to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guests and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Focus Financial Group Incorporated or Front Porch Financial Planning. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service providers with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. 